Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written published article, Who Was at the Helm? 
from 1965. It's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar and you get a better buzz. <laughs> with the Savage Premium. So go to go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. Michael Savage. I woke up dreaming of a song in my head, and I'm not going to sing a song because I'm not a singer, but I have a song in my head, and the song was called Somewhere Over the Rainbow. I have no idea why, what do I know, why things come to a mind, right? But let me switch this around for a minute. Instead, I'm going to talk about something else called, well, here it is. I'll just give you the picture. How's that? Trickle-down tyranny. Someone I know wrote this book in 2012. Take out the word Obama, put in the word Biden, and I'll read you some of the key points to this. Crushing... Biden's dream of the socialist states of America. Sounds quaint, doesn't it? Got my coffee ready. You know, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, um, one of my favorite songs in the world was, most beautiful version was by the Hawaiian Izzy, Israel Kamakawaii, beautiful man. Uh, and what does it mean? What is it about? Well, I'm pretty much sure you can figure it out. So there's no point in my explaining the obvious. What's interesting to me are the lyrics somewhere over the rainbow. That's, by the way, those of you who are nervous for me to get to the lesson of the day and say the word Biden, Democrat, Republican. We'll get to that. But before we get to that, I got to get to this, which is the song in my head. I woke up very late today, 15 minutes ago. I don't know why this was in my mind, but I think I know why. Look at the first line of the lyrics. Somewhere Over the Rainbow by Harold Arlen and E.Y. Harburg. By the way, he wrote this song in Hollywood. Harlan, the story is that he was on the way to or from Grauman's Chinese Theater in L.A. in Hollywood. And he asked his wife to stop the car and pull over. Remember I was telling you that they had an uncle or cousin who I heard wrote notes down in the middle of the night. And I learned from that. I never even met the man, but I heard about it. Well, this songwriter asked his wife, stop the car, please. He got out as he was passing a pharmacy and he wrote the lyrics to Somewhere Over the Rainbow. The inspiration to the song came to him. So he wrote the first line, when all the world is a hopeless jumble hmm, and the raindrops tumble all around, heaven opens a magic lane. Whoa, how maudlin can we get? I feel that way about America. I feel that the scumbag, I, I can't start cursing right now as I would in the streets of the Bronx because I'm not in the streets of the Bronx. I'm way past the streets of the Bronx, but sometimes only a good Bronx cheer will do. I believe we've been sold down the river and I don't think there's any way back. 
I know it sounds very pessimistic, and I've not yet said that. The last bill that they just, the two gangs got together and screwed us royally. That's right. Kevin McCarthy sold us down the river. We knew who Obama was. We knew who uh, Mitt Romney was or is. And we also knew who the rhinos were, like the military-industrial complex, Lindsey Graham, that lout, grew up in a whorehouse in the South. And he told me that. I mean, maybe I'm mistaken. Lindsey, if I'm mistaken, I apologize. I remember when we met, you said to me, when I asked you, where'd you grow up, Lindsey? He said, I grew up in a whorehouse, underneath a whorehouse, upstairs. And that's not, you didn't choose it. But you sure didn't grow out of it. Basically, you're working in a house of ill repute. Used to be called the House of Representatives. Now, I know there were always corruption. There's always been corruption. But it's never been this endemic, in my opinion. Never have I seen anything like this. So I figured, look, I'm not going to sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow because, it's, first of all, I'm not a singer. That's number one. You can go listen to the best versions of this. And the absolute one that will rip your heart out is this one. Wow. Israel Kamakawa Ole. I think he died in his 30s. You know, he was a very large man, blind. What a song. So someone I know wrote this book in 2012. He was laughed at by most of the people who are now calling themselves conservatives. Some of them are cashing in pretty good. Some of them weren't even born. The other louts cashing in, cashing in, cashing in, all the while screaming. So, what does it say? Crushing Obama's dream of the socialist states of America. Now, I'm going to read a few headlines, and then I'm going to go say bye-bye. And it's crushing Biden's dream of the socialist states of America. I'm going to take out the word Obama and see if it still applies. So, before I read the jacket copy, I'll read you the opening lines. Advice to the next president, the savage worldview. Now, remember, I wrote this in 2012. It was published in 2012. That's a long time ago. I don't know how time flies like this. Oh, look at that. Before it was uh, fashionable, this book is dedicated to those who gave their lives to secure the freedom to write and read as we please. You know how quaint that is? Saluting the military. Oh, I know now many do it. In fact, some famous broadcaster on uh, Fox News made a fortune doing it. Took some of the money for private jet flights. Breaks bricks on air. Talks about how tough he is. Advice to the next president, the savage worldview. Economies can be rebuilt. And we're just going to read the opening paragraph. Tell me if you still think it's appropriate. Economies can be rebuilt. Armies can be repopulated. But once a nation's pride is gone, it can almost never be restored. The loss of a nation's honor is something not even centuries can repair. The next president must love America. The next president must embody unequivocally everything that is good about this country going back to its founding. The next president must be the exact opposite of Joe Biden. He must be a man of high character and strong commitment to American values because he will be facing problems and issues that no U.S. leader has had to face since the years leading up to World War II. Hmm. How do you like that? Economies can be rebuilt, armies can be repopulated, but once a nation's pride is gone, it can almost never be restored. The loss of a nation's honor is something not even centuries can repair. Those words will live for a long time until the books are burned that remind people of what a nation is. Until the books are called, I don't know, what will they call them before they make them disappear? Uh, terrorist manuals? The FBI could say this is the manual of terrorism now. 
Oh, a manual of white supremacy. What was I thinking? Everything that the communists don't agree with is white supremacy. And of course, they use dumb blacks as their stooges, the white liberal communists like Bernie Sanders. Of course, you look into uh, Black Lives Matter and you see she was a criminal and a con woman, never arrested under uh, O'Biden. No, no. And so this one book can stop Obama's tyranny. I mean Biden's tyranny. Is it the USA or the USS of A? That's being used a lot now, USSA. The United States of America or the Union of Socialist States of America? That is the question. It was not written by hosts on Fox News or by lesser lights. It was written by me. Will President Biden, remember I'm substituting Biden, oh, Biden for Obama. Will President O'Biden transform the greatest engine of freedom the world has ever known into a Stalin-like dictatorship? Answer. Uh, yes, we're a good way there now. You agree with me? Will President Biden transform the greatest engine of freedom the world has ever known into a Stalin, Stalin-like dictatorship? Well, let's see. All those 80-some-odd thousand new IRS agents, they're the new Gestapo. Can you imagine little lawyers, armies of lawyers with IRS badges breaking into your house and saying, we're shaking you down? You say it can't happen? Hmm. Pride Month? Are you joking? Can anyone tell me, please tell me what they're proud of? I still don't understand it. What a twist of the word pride. Now, this is very interesting. The opening to my book, listen to the words again. The loss of a nation's honor is something not even centuries can repair. Once a nation's pride is gone, it can almost never be restored. See, pride has a meaning. I don't know why you're proud of being gay. I still don't understand that. Pardon me. Proud of being gay, proud of being bi, proud of being transsexual, proud of poisoning children's minds in schools. What are you proud of? Everything, the language, it's all language. Since I'm an expert in language, I will tell you it's all about language. Proud, huh? Show me a veteran without legs and talk to me about pride. Show me an Eagle Scout and talk to me about pride. Show me a teacher in a poor person's school and I'll tell you about pride. Show me a doctor in an emergency room in an inner city, I'll talk to you about pride. I'll tell you about pride. It's not about uh, your genitals. It's not about your uh, derriere. It's about your actions. That's pride. Not about race, it's about actions. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Okay, so we read the opening, and um, I want to read you some of the chapters from this and tell me if it still applies. Trickle down tyranny. No, I'm not selling you a book. Go away, please. The book isn't even for sale, but it's a masterpiece. Many of you own it. It was a bestseller on the New York Times, one of my many. Okay, chapter one, advice to the next president, the savage worldview two. Tyranny of a naked Marxist presidency. Bing, I should have a bell. Three, tyranny of the government media complex. Bing. Anderson Cooper, government agent. Chapter four, tyranny of the treasurer. Janet Yellen? 
secretary of the treasury. That Yenta couldn't run a delicatessen in my day. The woman would jumble up the, the books in a deli in the Bronx. But she's lecturing us. Money forever for Ukraine, on Ukraine, says Janet Yellen, the warrior. Whatever the, the stooge tells her to do, Obama. Chapter 5, Tyranny of Biden's Radical Accomplices. I have them all here. Some of them, by the way, that's a good chapter to go back to because many of them still work right now for the, the senile one. The radical accomplices, they're still in the administration. It's a seamless transition back to this tyranny. Chapter 6, Tyranny of Obama's Corporate Cronies. No kidding. Chapter 7, Tyranny of the Egghead Wars. Egghead Wars. Egghead Wars. Those would be people from uh, the administration who have never been in a fist fight who are egging on an, a world war. They're still doing it, by the way. You just look at them. You know what, what they are and what they're doing. Chapter 8, Tyranny of Treating Our Friends Like Enemies and Our Enemies Like Friends. <laughs> Have a way with words, you know. Chapter 8, Tyranny of Green Energy. How many times have you heard that in the last 10 years? Well, go back to the master volume. The master volume. Now, remember, this was in 2012. I had already been in radio for quite a while, since 1994. Tyranny of the Anti-Justice Department. No kidding, really. Chapter 11, Crushing Biden's Cadre Before They Crush Us. It may be too late. Tyranny of the Anti-Justice Department. I can't wait to look at that one. Wait a minute, I got to see what this guy wrote back then, 237. Tyranny on October 12th, 2011, Eric Holder, remember him? Wow, Tyranny of the Anti-Justice Department. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was about Fast and Furious. Holder through the ATF would sell weapons to Mexican drug cartels. This would help the cartels increase their presence and their firepower making it easier for them to transport and sell drugs in the United States. Wow. This would, in turn, undermine federal agents and state drug enforcement agencies' abilities to fight the war against drugs. It would also exacerbate our illegal immigration problems, which Holder obviously wanted to see happen. He'd fought state laws such as Arizona's that tried to enforce existing federal laws against illegal immigration. Wow. And finally, a trumped-up assassination charge involving weapons that Holder had ordered walked over the U.S. border into Mexico and sold to drug cartel members would allow Holder to divert attention from his involvement in the Guns to Mexico scandal. This was the Fast and Furious scandal, which you have forgotten about. I can't even read it without getting sick. But in one month, let's just go back to <coughs> tyranny of, of Obama's radical accomplices on page 98 and see how many of these anti-American traitors are working for uh, the ice cream liquor, the, uh, the shuffler, the grifter, the grifter, the grifter. Okay, Red October 2011, Obama's Communist Revolution. October 2011 marked the emergence into the public eye of the second Bolshevik Revolution. This one in the United States of America, egged on by your first, by our first communist president. You've seen the indicators of this revolution the Occupy Wall Street mob of young indoctrinated anti-capitalist students and other malcontents, the gangs of union thugs trashing the Wisconsin Capitol in the spring of 2011, the flash mobs of disaffected youths using cell phones and social media to organize raids to steal merchandise from American small businesses. When I tell you that Biden supports all of these mob actions, that he wants to use them to hasten the overthrow of the American government, you'd better listen. Our way of life is in jeopardy. I'll explain it to you. 
First, the people who make up Barack Obama's inner circle are lifetime leftist agitators. From David Axelrod to Rahm Emanuel to George Soros. Oh, don't get me started on George Schwartz, please. They're proponents of mob rule in order to speed up their plans for assuming power. To hear them tell it, their target is the rich. In fact, the rich have nothing to fear from this administration. When the administration comes out in support of the Occupy Wall Street mob against the banks, they're merely deflecting attention from their true purpose. In fact, it was Wall Street that put Obama in power in the first place, as I showed you in Trickle Up Poverty. So why don't the people on Wall Street care that Obama is supporting the rabble as they demonstrate against the banks, against capitalism in general? Because Biden's supposed tax the rich plan won't touch them. It's not aimed at the truly rich. The people with the million dollar a year salaries and perks that would make you and me blush, let's change that to, to a much bigger number right now. It's aimed at the small businessmen who employ 15 or 250 or 700 people, the everyday American entrepreneurs who make a good living and provide jobs for Americans, but who are anything but rich. Obama has made it clear that he hates the Tea Party. We can substitute that sentence by saying Biden has made it clear that he hates MAGA. See, MAGA is the new Tea Party. Every time he says MAGA, 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 the MAGA Republicans, he means Americans. He means American patriots. I wrote, the Tea Party, meaning MAGA, is the American middle class. Of course the president hates them. They're the bourgeoisie that every socialist hates. They're the people who work for a living, start companies, employ other people. They're the people who pay the taxes that Biden squanders. In other words, they're dangerous to Biden's revolution. Their economic success has got to be shut down. Obama-Biden is targeting the middle class. So the big bankers could care less what he says about them or about the unwashed, unshaven, uneducated vermin who think they're promoting a downfall of the rich. His quote, tax the rich scheme is aimed at people who are far from wealthy but who are nonetheless already taxed at a rate near 40%. By the way, taxes. Remember, it triggered the first American Revolution. Taxation without representation. Not saying anything here. It's never going to happen here. Different times. Can't happen here. Won't happen here. It doesn't affect the truly rich. That's because they know enough not to take their money as income, but in order, other forms that are not used as income. Do you think Warren Buffett is worried about paying income tax? Buffett, one of the richest men in America, earned nearly $63 million in 2010. That's a, a pauper's amount today. The average uh, kid today makes that on the internet, working <laughs> at home. The, <laughs> Buffett, one of the richest men in America, earned nearly $63 million in 2010, of which about $40 million was taxable. He paid less than $7 million to the IRS, a 17% tax rate. He's advocating that people who make a million annually be taxed at the highest rate. And Obama is going to take the definition of millionaire down to people earning $200,000 annually. Same, same truths. Obama was elected on the backs of hedge fund operators who made more than a trillion dollars betting against the U.S. economy in 08. Substitute the word Biden, you'll get some idea of what's going on. If we're looking for assets to seize, that's where we should start with the hedge fund barons. They run everything, by the way. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Well, I don't want to read you the whole book. I'm not interested. But I want to look at the people who now work for Barack Obama. There's so much in here, I could read it again, but 
And uh, I need to read the names because it's all stuff that will ring a bell. George Soros is everywhere. Acorn is still around. Stephen Lerner, one of the one of the commie rats who organized the demonstration, spoke to the audience at Van Jones's Take Back the American Dream conference on October 3rd, 2011. In his speech, he outlined the plans for expanding the demonstrations, including plans to visit millionaires' homes. That's the same thing the SEIU did in May of 2010, when 14 busloads of union mob thugs invaded the property of Bank of America General Counsel Greg Bayer and terrorized his teenage son in order to protest the activity of big banks. Oh, the SEIU. <laughs> the SEIU was active in the OWS movement, too. By the way, the SEIU is Service Employees International Union. They are the people who gave us Nancy Pelosi. They're the people who run California. And they're the people who gave us a one-party state in California in New York, and now in America. In mid-November, as the weather began to change, the 2.1 million member SC Service Employees International Union showed up at the occupied DC encampment, and so forth and so on. And I'm talking about mob rule. It wasn't long before AFL-CIO President Richard Trumpka, I think he died. Remember Trumpka, what a piece of work he was. Wow. Obama's ties to his union cronies, sound familiar? Rules for Radicals, you've heard a lot about that. The Sololinsky, I explained it all. I explained it all right here. For those of you who watch Fox News and think that they're originals there. I, look, if I'm not for myself, who will be you? The president and his advisors and labor union leaders are disciples of Chicago-born Sololinsky. You've heard all about Rules for Radicals. It's all in here. Father of Community Organizing. And I'm going to look for the names. Uh, Linsky disciple David S. Cantor. Cantor founded the Chicago-based leftist journal Hyde Park Kenwood Voices and helped educate Axelrod politically. When leftists use the word educate, they mean indoctrinate. And there's more and more. Axelrod's parents were leftists too. His mother, Muriel Axelrod, was a journalist who worked for the commie tabloid newspaper PM in the 1940s. Look, I, I got it all in here. The journal was aggressively pro-communist and boasted among his writers, communist sympathizer, I.F. Stone. Remember him? I.F. Stone, a hero of the left, as well as a former editor of the communist periodical Daily Worker and a leader of the Communist Youth League. How do you like that? Axelrod was quoting directly from Rules for Radicals. No kidding. Alinsky and Obama had the same, had the same outcomes in mind. Obama and Axelrod aren't the only Alinsky followers in the administration. Hillary Clinton's senior honors thesis at Wellesley College was titled, There is Only the Fight, an analysis of the Alinsky, uh, the Alinsky model. Did you know that she's a hardcore Alinsky follower? I'll bet you didn't know that. Clinton's thesis was finally been made public against her wishes. Hmm? Well, we move past Alinsky, another Alinsky, a Schminsky, a Dinsky. Chris Matthews, the leftist host of MSNBC's Hardball, blame me for creating a climate of hate that led to Lofner's shooting spree, saying people like Michael Savage, for instance, see, they were blaming me even then. How do you like that? I was, I was being censored then. They call it something else. So then I wrote Rules for Beating Radicals. And I don't want to read it. You, you know, you could look it up in a library. Never believe a word that comes out of a Democrat's mouth. Bing, hit the bell. Never negotiate with a leftist Democrat. Oh, McCarthy. Old McCarthy was a bullshit. Never negotiate with a leftist Democrat. McCarthy knew that. 
Never compromise with a Democrat. McCarthy knew that. Attack Democrats before they attack you. McCarthy knew that. Obstruct Democrats at every opportunity. Well, what's the point? Use the left's treatment of racial and ethnic minorities against them. <laughs> We're in the fight of our lives for the survival of our nation. Well, I don't have all the names in here. I have them in another book. But there were czars under Obama. Remember the czars? Obama's czars? I'll read the last piece of that chapter from Trickle Down Tyranny. I'm going to say bye-bye soon. What the Biden administration is attempting to do represents the most insidious abrogation of human rights in our nation's history. We have to stand up against Biden and the people who want to occupy the United States before it is too late. This is really well done. It's a beautiful book. You better try to find one somewhere. I'm not selling them. Barack Obama's taken over jobs, healthcare, the auto industry, student loans, and mortgages. He's wiped out habeas corpus in the name of national security. He's eliminated the Posse Comitatus Act, effectively instituting martial law by authorizing the U.S. military to arrest and detain indefinitely any U.S. citizen he and his cabinet declared to be a threat. Wow. That's as, that is why you must crush the Biden steamroller. Why you must stop the tyrant in the White House now before it's too late. If we allow O'Biden another four years, he will have destroyed our country. We're living under a crypto dictatorship right now. In trickle-down tyranny, I've shown you the scope of the O'Biden takeover, and I've shown you how we can crush it before it crushes us. Well, it's almost laughable to think it can be stopped. But... Uh, I'll just read you the jacket copy and then go and listen to uh, this song again. I'm not going to do it on air because I'll probably break down in tears right now. I mean, I don't know how I wake up reading it, listening to a song in my head. Israel, Izzy, Kamakawai, Oli, Over the Rainbow. I can't even play it. It's not, you know, it's copyrighted. I, I love copyrights. You can find it on the on thing. But remember, somewhere over the rainbow, I woke up about an hour ago with this song in my head. And first I thought I was going to get up here and sing, and I said, don't be a fool, you're not a singer. I mean, I could do a fairly good guy version that you'd hear at a wedding, like a drunken Jew or a drunken Irishman or a drunk Italian, like used to go on in America in the 50s when men sang in their own houses. My father used to sing over the sister playing the piano. Men sang in their houses, would you believe it? Any man could, could sing, anyone with a baritone voice. When all the world is a hopeless jumble and the raindrops tumble all around, heaven opens up a magic lane. I can't even read it. Somewhere over the rainbow, bluebirds fly, birds fly over the rainbow. Why then? Oh, why can't I? Oh, why, oh, why can't I? Will President O'Biden transform the greatest engine of freedom the world has ever known into a Stalin-like dictatorship? Or can the American people expose and rid themselves of this regime? Is the most polarizing president in our history transforming us into Caracas or Beijing, Moscow or Tehran? The words are pretty good. Trillions in new debt. His solution, print more money, crippling American taxpayers and our children with unlimited debt while corrupt crony supporters continue to loot our economy. Wow, pretty good. His attorney general has shipped weapons to Mexico. We can substitute what this attorney general, Merrick Garfinkel, has done, turning our southern border into a war zone as gangs of drug thugs and human traffickers endanger the citizenry of America. Merrick Garland. 
He's hobbled the most powerful military in the world. Mr. Milley did that? Reducing the U.S. Navy to the smallest force since 1930 and rendering us unable to maintain our advanced weapons and technological advantages over the enemies at our gates. Well, whatever we have left, we're giving to Zelensky, the George Washington of our time. O'Biden is transforming us into a second-class nation with communists and Islamists given free reign to expand their power. Oof. As O'Biden accrues power with little opposition and his oppression creeps down from the top, the American people must stop the tyranny. Good luck. William Morrow, an imprint of HarperCollins, could never be published today. This book could not be published today, and certainly not HarperCollins wouldn't touch it. Poverty is rewarded. Welcome to the newly created Union of Socialist States of America, a land where poverty is rewarded, success is punished, our worst enemies are praised, but our allies stiffed, the military is used as a pawn, our border descends into chaos, corporations and cronies make off with all the wealth, trickle-down tyranny. Hmm. True words. True words. While you celebrate Pride Month, remember the words that a man named Michael Savage wrote and published in 2011. Economies can be rebuilt. Armies can be repopulated. But once a nation's pride is gone, it can almost never be restored. The loss of a nation's honor is something not even centuries can repair. The next president must love America. The next president must embody unequivocally everything that is good about this country going back to its founding. In other words, the next president must be the exact opposite of Joe Biden. That's it for today. There's always more tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. I almost read my phone number. I swear it came back to me, a radio phone number. I felt like I was on the radio again. Somewhere over the rainbow, folks. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? Please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.